just want to say that before you start. Um, so today, what, we, what we're going to get into is going to be um, kind of a conclusion to what we've been talking about. Um, but it might be a two-part thing, depending on time and ha- how it feels. So if you just bow your heads, and I just want you to put your hand over your heart. And I want you just to ask God to speak truth to you today and, and for freedom to come. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, your words are what holds the worlds together. Your word is what brings strength to our bones and nourishment to our bellies. Your word is what causes reality to exist. And we love your word. And I ask that today you would send your word. I ask that your word would go into our heart. I ask that it would cut us going in and cut us going out. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, today I want to talk to you um, from Joshua chapter 1. So if you want to open there, I'm going to read um, some verses from Joshua chapter 1. We have some other scriptures we'll read here, but that's going to be the main uh, launching point. So Joshua chapter 1, starting with verse 1 is where we'll start. And today I want to talk to you about the process or a cycle. All right? And um, we've been talking about hiding God's word in our heart, how he, he sends his word to us to bring us to the end that he wants us to have. And his word contains everything in it to get us there. And it's all up to us whether we accept the process, right? <clears throat> Everybody good? Everyone at Joshua chapter 1? I want to read this. This is just good stuff. Um, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land that I'm about to give to you, to the Israelites. This is the land that they had been promised years ago, and for 40 years they wandered around in the desert, and they never had access to their inheritance. Well, he's saying, today's the day you're going to get your full inheritance. Hello? (laughs) He says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert, and he just lists a bunch of places. I'm not going to read all that. I'm going to skip down to to verse 5. He says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then in verse 6, he says, be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. And then this is what he says. Be very careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn to the right or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? So don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so Joshua ordered all the officers and the people. And then he tells them to get ready. All right. I want to point out something awesome here. The key to all of the conquests that Joshua was about to lead people into was the meditating on the law. You hear that? The key to all of it was them remembering the words of Moses putting it in their heart, and cherishing it. How many knows what it says in John chapter 1? It says, and the word became flesh. Who was the word? Who's the living bread of God, the living word of God? Jesus himself. 
So if we take it from an Old Testament mindset to a New Covenant mindset, what God would say to us today as we're going into a new land of conquest is meditate on the Word of God. Meditate on my Son day and night. Hold Him close to your heart. Let His presence guide you. Let Him him live inside of you. If you'll let Him come inside and if you'll meditate on Him and let Him run this course inside of you, you will be prosperous and successful in everything that you do. If you forget the law, if you forget Jesus, then you will not be successful at what you're about to do. So what I want to talk to us about today is God is, it's time for us to to shift gears, and we've talked for a few weeks about this. As a church, it's time for us to shift gears and go to where we're supposed to be. We're not in the the wilderness anymore, where God's just going to drop manna from heaven and we're going to collect it. It's, It's time for us to take conquest. All right? So we're either in one of two places for our whole life. We're either in a process or we're in a cycle. Why don't you say that with me? Process or cycle? One of those sounds really good, and for some reason one of them sounds bad, even though it's not a bad word. Process sounds okay. It's scary, but it sounds good. But a cycle, what do we think of when we think of cycles? Like we kind of have this negative concept of a cycle, like like she's doing the wheel, spinning around and around. For forty years, the Bible says that the Israelites wandered in the desert in a cycle, around and around and around. But what God was saying here in Joshua chapter one is the days of the cycle are over. Moses is dead. There's a new law. There's a new. There's a new word I'm giving to you right now. And if you'll break out of the cycle, you can now go through process. The process will lead you to the inheritance, the fullness of the inheritance. Now, it's already been given to you. It's free. You didn't have to do anything for me to give this to you. But you will have to do something to maintain it. In Exodus chapter 23, this is what God tells them. He says, I will not drive out all the people from the land before you are in one year. Listen to this, okay? He says, I don't want the land to become desolate and the beasts of the field to become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. Do you understand what God is saying to them right now? Look, I've given you an inheritance that you didn't earn. It's free. It's a promised land. But in that promised land, there are big people, scary people, and there are all kinds of beasts. I'm not going to drive them all out right now because I want them to build houses for you to live in. I want them to take care of the territory until you are mature enough to take care of it. Because see, if I drive them all out right now, when you get to that point of of conquest, it's going to be desolate. But I want it to come to your hands with richness and fullness and green gardens and vineyards with olives that you can't even carry. And if I drive them all out right now and you're a free inheritance, if I give you everything for free right now, you will not have the character and maturity to maintain this huge land that I'm about to give you. See, when you were in the wilderness, you were desert dwellers. You picked your tents up and you moved constantly. You don't know what it means to fix the roof when it becomes leaky. You don't know how to take care of a garden. You were in the middle of the wilderness. You don't know how to, how to dig quarries so your water can stay fresh for your whole city. And you're not ready for the fullness of what I'm about to give you. It's free. It's yours. But we're going to have to go through a process until you reach the fullness of what I've given you. 
Guys, I'm, this is like one of the, my favorite things the Lord has been teaching me. This is what I've been studying. I've been studying this for a long time before I ever talk about it. I'm like, Lord, help, help us, help us, help us. Help me understand what you're trying to say to me. And the Lord's saying, Jared, you're either in a cycle or you're in a process. I want you to inherit everything that I've said that you can have. But I don't want to give it all to you at once because it'll kill you. The, the beasts will be too numerous for you. You will not have the strength and the army set up. I mean, you're used to being nomadic and moving around. You don't know what it means to establish a city yet. So if I give you whole cities, then you'll, you'll kill yourself. The Lord wants everyone in this room to know he's given you an inheritance and you didn't have to do anything to earn it. Everyone say it was free. Like he has given you abundant life, eternal life, amazing blessing and increase. There are things on your horizon that would blow your mind if you really knew that he had already given it to you. It's free. You didn't have to do anything and work for it. But you will have to steward it so that you can have the fullness of it. That's why we've been talking so much the last few weeks about responsibility, being people of of authority in our lives, taking care of what's ours, stewarding what belongs to us. Because if we can't learn stewardship and responsibility and and taking care of our business, then we can't have everything that he gave us. Are you guys okay? Are you understanding and getting this? See, a process is the path that's outlined by God from where we are to our destiny. All right? Y'all have to help me out here and let me know you're awake. I'll turn the AC on, I promise. <laughs> we'll douse you with water. We'll put frozen marbles in your seat. We'll do something. <laughs> A friend of ours said when he was growing up and he didn't want to wake up in the morning, his dad would take frozen marbles from the fridge and just pour them in his bed so that when he rolled around in the bed, they followed him everywhere and he had to get up. I will do that. If you're falling asleep, I'm just going to come stand right by you today because I want, you need to hear this. Actually, I want to do something. I want to pray. Because, Lord, I break a spirit of lethargy off of this church. I don't think it's just tiredness. I think it's a spirit of lethargy. And I break it right now. Amen. All right. So today, God wants to take us those of us that are stuck in the wheel, the cycle, and he wants to move us into process. The process is from point A to where God wants us to be, to our full inheritance, to our destiny. A cycle is something quite different, all right? A cycle is a path outlined by our enemy to keep us busy and to keep us where we are, all in the, for the end result to hinder us from fulfilling our destiny and receiving our full inheritance. So what the enemy wants to do is he wants to keep you busy. He wants to keep, keep you doing stuff that doesn't matter. He wants to keep you in self-help and self-motivation and, 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 and a cycle of, well, I'm doing real good in this thing and then I don't do very good and I hit rock bottom. Oh, okay, I'm doing good again. I'm doing well for a while and then I feel really bad and I fall into the, the same sin again and then I get tired of it and I break it. And he wants to get you busy, but he doesn't ever want you to have breakthrough. He wants us busy. You know, someone, someone said recently, that's the number one weapon the enemy uses against the American church is busyness. We're just busy. We're just too busy. We're buzzing around here. We're buzzing around there. And, and it's really for nothing. It's, we're chasing our tails. And the Bible says, what, what profit is it if you gain the whole world, yet forfeit your soul? 
Now, I don't want to just say forfeit my soul for eternity. I don't, want to, I don't even want to forfeit the inheritance that he's given me while I'm on the earth. And I can be chasing my tail and, and in a cycle of busyness over here and never f- embrace the process God wants me take, to take me through. And I will think that I'm doing okay over here in a cycle when I could be doing great in, a pro- in the process. The difference between process and cycle is determined by our obedience or disobedience. When God sends us a word, if we embrace it and we say yes to it, and we say yes and we yield to the process, then we will become what he says we'll become. If we fight against the word he gives us because it scares us, it overwhelms us, or it means change, then what we'll do is we'll accept second best, We'll accept a secondary word of self-help or whatever it is, and we'll find ourselves in a cycle that seems productive, but it isn't. Is everyone still with me? Next week, Lord willing, I, I want to say that, next week we'll talk more about the process that the Lord takes us through and what it means to be developed by God. How, how, how Jesus, uh, the Old Testament says, God said in the Old Testament, He's like, you, O Israel, I'm the potter, you're the clay. Can I not make you into whatever I want to make you into? I'm the, you know, and so we're going to talk about the process a little bit more. But today I wanted to break cycles. I wanted to talk to us about cycles. See, the spirit of deception wants to bind us and keep us in a cycle because we are never really free when we're in a cycle. How many have ever had a recurring thing in your life that you just couldn't break? Honest, all of us. How many knows what it feels like when you feel like you broke it and it feels good? You're like, all right, I'm doing good. And then, like I said a minute ago, you get to the top and it's great. And then all of a sudden you start sliding back into the same behaviors. And all of a sudden you're back into the same bondage. And you're like, man, how did I get here again? I, th- I thought I was free. Because we're in a cycle. A spirit of deception made us think that we're free. How does that happen? Because what a spirit of deception will do is it will come in and say, hey, this is really the issue. And it will, it will cover and it will try to hide the root issue. So we'll think that we're frustrated with somebody. But the root issue is we don't trust God. We'll think that I can't get along with that person because they rub me the wrong way. But really the problem is we don't honor people above ourselves. So what happens, we'll spend all our energy trying to learn to play nice with this other person instead of dealing with the root issue that's, that's about honor. So we'll have moments or seasons of victory, it seems like, where, oh, man, things are going well with this person. Things are all right. We're okay together. And then we have seasons where you can't be in the same room with them. Why? Because we dealt with a peripheral thing. We didn't deal with the root issue. The root issue stays hidden because we never brought it to light. The only way the enemy can have power and authority in our life is to keep things in darkness. Once light hits it, it is dead. So a spirit of deception wants to come in and tell you, hey, this is really what you need to work on in your life. And if you'll work on these things and these peripheral things, then you'll be free from that thing. When really the gut feeling is that's really not the root issue. But because it's easier to deal with these peripheral things and maybe blame it on other people, we get stuck in a cycle. Everyone's still with me. So this spirit of deception wants to keep us where we're never free, where we feel like we're free, but we're not really free. True freedom is the place where sin has no power or hold on a person's life. I took that straight from the kids' curriculum we're writing. We're going to change the words around and make it where they understand it. But that's what we're telling the kids. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Right? Say that with me. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
So what we're going to teach our children freedom is freedom is where the enemy has zero hold on your life and God has complete hold on your life. The enemy wants you to feel like you have freedom but not really have freedom. That's why we're in a cycle. Cycles will rob you from fulfilling God's dream for your life. And what they ultimately do is they undermine the word of God for you. So God will send you a word. It could be a convicting word. Hey, you need to take care of this thing. Then immediately a deceptive spirit that's sent to undermine the convicting word from God will come and say, well, really, if you'll just take care of this, it'll be okay. If you'll just smooth this over, it'll, it'll take care of itself. And so what we do is we replace the word of God, the living word of God, with a false word, and we get stuck in a cycle. What happened, to, what happened to Saul? Why did Saul really stumble? What was a big thing that he did wrong? Anybody remember? The prophet said, wait for me. Wait. Wait until I come back before you go into that temple and offer a sacrifice. It's not your job. You don't have grace for it. Let me do it. But he took too long. Samuel took his sweet time. And Saul's a man of authority and power. He's like, why am I waiting on a prophet? I'm the king of the nation. All these people are getting frustrated with me. They're not mad at Samuel. They're frustrated with me. I'm the one taking the heat here. I'm just going to go in the temple and offer a sacrifice anyway. One thing he did wrong. What else did, did they do wrong in, in the Bible? Kill everyone. Kill all the sheep. Kill all the goats. Kill all the animals. Offered as a sacrifice to God. Well, we'll keep a little bit to ourselves. And God says, no, I told you to kill all of it. These are examples in Scripture. You can find them all through there. I don't want to name 50 of them and, and, and waste, waste time. I want you to understand that what the enemy wants to do is when he sends the word, when God sends a word, the enemy tries to come with a deceptive word that will keep us in a cycle. He doesn't want you to be free. Everybody okay? A cycle will, will reproduce inside of you apathy and hopelessness. If you ever feel hopeless... There's a cycle somewhere. That's just period. There's a root somewhere that hasn't been yanked up. Because hopelessness does not come from God. Jeremiah 29, 11. We say it all the time. Plans to give you hope in a future. Hope is the anticipation of good. So anytime I experience an area of my life where there's not hope, that's the area that the enemy has sowed a lie into me. So I may feel hopeful about finances. I may feel hopeful about health. I may feel hopeful about my children being good in school and making good grades. But I may not be hopeful about my marriage. Where's the cycle? Where's the root issue in my marriage? I need to take care of that thing. So wherever you find that I don't feel like I have hope in this thing. I don't feel like I'm ever going to overcome. I don't feel like this thing's ever going to stop. I don't feel like things are going to get better then somewhere the spirit of the deception that we talked about before has replaced the word of God, the active word of God in your life, and has sowed deception there, and somehow you have said yes to it or agreed to it to the point where it becomes um, a, a stronghold inside of us and it steals your joy, steals your hope. Everybody good? We are predictable and non-dangerous when we're in a cycle. 
I loved Matt uh, three weeks ago or two weeks ago when he spoke, and he says, we were fearfully and wonderfully made, and he gave us a new perspective on that. We were made to be fear- feared by the enemy. God made us in his image to be feared. We're supposed to cause fear in the, in the enemy's camp, right? But when we're in a cycle and we're in this routine, the enemy knows the routine that we're in. He knows where we're at in that cycle, he knows how long we're going to be, you know, on fire for God, and then we're going to dwindle off, and we're going to hit. He knows the whole cycle, and he's not afraid of us at all because he's like, I know what they're, where they'll be tomorrow. I know where they'll be in a week from now. I know that if I sow this other thing in there, then it will throw a wrench in everything, and it will drop them to this point. He's the puppet master up there, and he's trying to manipulate everything, and it's all through cycles. He wants to know where you're at. He wants to know what you're going to do next. Why? Because the Bible says that the Spirit goes wherever it wants to go. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it's going. The Holy Spirit is, is like amazing like that. He's unpredictable. And God wanted us to be created in, the, in His image. He created us in His image and put His Spirit in us so we could be dangerous and unpredictable. The enemy is supposed to not know the, the, the time when we say, hey, get up and walk to a person we walk beside. He, he, does, he, he needs to know. He wants to know in advance when we're going to try this stuff so he can make us feel not powerful that day. He wants to know in advance when we're going to try to be bold and be generous so that he can throw a bill we weren't expecting. Listen to me. Trust me. This is how he operates. You're like... The devil just kind of knows my plans before they happen. Like, it seems like he knows what's going on. He, if, he, if we're in a cycle, he knows what we're up to. We're predictable. There's a cadence and a rhythm that he knows. Anytime we get into a different rhythm, it scares him. So he wants to keep us in cycle. Because he doesn't want you to be fearful. He doesn't want to be afraid of you. He doesn't want you to be unpredictable. You could go off at any time. He wants to know where you're at, so he wants to stick you into a cycle. See, our own desires will be manipulated by a cycle. Did you get that? (laughs) How many of you have stopped dreaming? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Should have said that first. (laughs) Tricked ya. How many have stopped dreaming in an area of your life? Remember, the hope is gone. You stopped hoping for good. So now you don't even desire things to be different in that area. So a cycle will steal you. It will steal away your own desires for good things. And it will make you accept acceptable things. Uh, years ago, I heard this sermon. I'm, I'm sure it's no, nothing's new under the sun. So if you're looking for new sermons and stuff... You need to go to a cult somewhere. (laughs) They got new kinds of stuff all the time. But they said, good is the thief of the best. Good is the thief of the best. The good is the thief of the best. The enemy wants your desires to slowly diminish. I wrote this in my journal years, four or five years ago. God wanted to change the spiral of my expectations. Because what had happened was I would ask for this, but I would expect less. Like I, would, I would wish for the best, but expect the worst. And God wanted to flip that upside down. And he wanted me to wish for the best and expect above and beyond what I could ask or imagine. 
because now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all you can ask or imagine. So what happens is even your own desires and the things that God planted inside of your heart, the own dreams, will be undermined and you won't even love them and cherish them anymore when a cycle is present. It steals our hope. It steals our future. Ephesians 4.27 says, Do not give the devil a foothold. Don't even give him a foothold. Don't give him a little bit because he'll try to create an operation from that little bitty spot and form a cycle in our life. Cycles will continue until the root issue is resolved. Cycles will never stop until the root issue is dealt with. (laughs) How many of you in your marriage have had some of the same topics come up through your marriage, through different seasons? Yeah, yeah. Like things are fine, and then a thing will pop up, and things are fine, and then this thing will pop up again. It's the same language, and then a couple years will even pass, and then the same thing will pop up. Ouch. (laughs) There's a root issue that hasn't been dealt with, and until we deal with that root issue, that cycle is going to come back. The, this, we don't know the, the cadence and the rhythm of how long the cycle lasts, but we do know that at some point it will come back around. The Lord wants to deal with the root issues. That's why whenever, I, I want to go here because it's just a really easy example. And because we all deal with people, there are people that rub us the wrong way, right? When we have a problem with somebody, we have an issue with somebody, we will always have an issue with them until we handle it biblically. Just until we take care, until we go to that person and have a confrontation, we're still going to be in a cycle. And it will affect our whole life until we go and deal with it. If we have a problem in finances and we won't pay tithes and offerings, it doesn't matter how generous we are or how much we love God, until we pay tithes and offerings, we'll continue to have a cycle in our finances where we'll have good seasons and bad seasons. It's just fact. And until we're faithful to God in that area, it's going to happen. If I have a struggle with unbelief, until I deal with unbelief, I'm going to have cycles that deal with unbelief. And the Lord doesn't want us to live in a cycle. He wants us to live in abundant living. That doesn't sound like abundant living to me in a cycle. Routine, rut, same thing over and over again. So what will happen to us, because there will be a root issue Let me say this and we'll close things up. What the enemy would love to do is to play like sleight of hand games with us to distract us from the root issue. And he'll bring up peripheral issues, smoke screens, and get us battling those things because he doesn't want us to deal with the root. But if if we're deceived by the peripheral issues, the root will become more solidified inside of us in darkness. And if we spend our efforts dealing with these issues, we'll have temporary relief, but we'll still be in a cycle. The only way to break it is to listen to the warning signs. So what will happen oftentimes is we can either see it as a warning sign or a uh, a detour. Peripheral issues will come up and we can either say, oh, wow, I need to take care of those things. Or it can be God saying, hey, you have something wrong and these things point to the root issue. Go through process here and we'll take that thing out. Don't stay in a cycle and just deal with the root issue, the, the peripheral issues. You know, how many have ever pulled weeds before? How many like to do it four or five different times? 
It's not fun. But how many like to just take it all in one thing and get it over with? It may be more difficult. It may be more work at first. It may be painful. But if you just get the root the first time, then you don't have to do it again later. What the enemy wants us to do is just keep mowing that weed. Just mow the weed. No one sees it. It stays under the surface. It starts to grow up a little bit. Mow it again. That's fine. Just mow it. Weed eat it. Cut it as low as you want to. Just don't take the root. Read all the books you want. Pray all the tongues you want. Worship God all you want. Cut that thing really low. But do not get dirty and let God take you through a process to pull that thing out. Because I don't want you to become unpredictable. I want to know. I want to be able to leave you and deal with much better people than you. <laughs> and know when I come back, you're right where I thought you would be. Hello? I, I want to I close it like this. I want you to seriously ask yourself, are there things that just keep coming up over and over again? I think there's a scripture in the Bible. I wish I would have written it down. I just remember it from growing up thinking it was a pretty gross verse. As a dog returns to his vomit, so is a fool who repeats his folly. Woo, that's in Proverbs. It sounds like something in Proverbs, right? Solomon would write. As a dog returns to eat his vomit, as a person who repeats his folly, God doesn't want us to be foolish. What makes us wise? What did, what did Solomon say makes people wise? Gain knowledge. Get understanding. Where does knowledge, wisdom, understanding come from? The Word. Who's the Word? Jesus. This is it for us. This is it. We're all in different places, but this applies to every one of us. We're either in a cycle or in a process. We may have multiple cycles going on. We may be juggling all kinds of cycles. That's all right. The Holy Spirit will tell us which one we need to take out first. We'll take that thing out, and generally what will happen is that one will be a route to three or four other cycles. And before you know it, you're healthy, you're whole, and you're in the process of taking the land he gave you that was free, and now you're stewarding it. You're unpredictable. The devil's scared of you. You're scared of yourself. You don't even know what's going on yet. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love what Bill Johnson says. I don't care if I quote him too much and you get tired of it. I don't care. He says he knew that we would need a comforter. We would be uncomfortable, so he sent us Holy Spirit. He knew things would be a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, so he sent us a comforter. We're supposed to be uncomfortable. And, 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 and again, he says the same. If, if we have a Christian life where we know everything going on, then we have a boring and inferior Christian life. This is supposed to be an adventure. Let me ask you this. How many of you have been on an adventure recently with God? There will be no adventure if there are cycles. Because cycles are, well, every Tuesday I eat Whataburger. And every Wednesday we eat El Chico. And every Thursday it's spaghetti night at our house. And then Friday we play game night. And every Saturday it's soccer. Then we go to church Sunday, watch the Cowboys, watch whatever football games on that night. Or K plus 8 or whatever. 
Then we start work week, and we do it all over again. That doesn't sound like adventure. (sighs) Yeah. We live through the football player's adventure. We live through Kate's adventure with all those eight kids, but we don't ever have an adventure ourselves. And I know for a fact every person in this room was born and craves adventure. Every wife in here wants a husband who's adventurous. Every husband in the room wants to be an adventurer. I tell you what, I watched that Gold Rush Alaska show. Anyone seen that? It's a new show on. I'm just dreaming, God, I want to live there with those guys. With the bears coming in camp and having to build, literally build a, a, a camp from ground, building buildings and houses and, and digging for gold and on this great, I'm like, I want to do that. And the Lord's saying, you have a cry in your heart for adventure. Why are you stuck? Why are you stuck? I have an adventure for you right now. You're just too boring to jump in and go for it. <laughs> Don't say amen, <laughs> baby. <laughs> and oh, we were made to be menly men and take risk, like Matt was talking about. It's so good for us. It, he wants us. God wants us to take risk, but we'll never take a risk if we're stuck in a rut. We're stuck in a cycle. Why don't you stand up? This is a good day. How many believe that we can do things that are prophetic, like actions? Anybody, everybody, does everyone believe that? If not, we need to hit that real fast. There are things we can do prophetically that are actions. The prophet comes to the king and says, hey, if you'll, if you'll strike the ground, then your enemies will be defeated. He strikes the ground only three times, and the prophet is angry with him and says, hey, you should have struck the ground like five or six times, and because you only struck it three times, you're only going to have a little bit of victory. It's a prophetic act, striking the ground. Do you think that Naaman was healed because the water in the, in the Jordan River was just so healing? Had this healing process? No, it was, a, it was a prophetic act. So I want us to do a prophetic act right now. If you're here and you say, man, I think there's at least one cycle monster inside of me. Maybe like a bunch of little heart, you know, a bunch of little monsters of cycles inside of me. And I want them gone. I want you just to raise your hand right where you're at. All right. Now we're going to ask God to take our hands and we want to pull the roots out. So I just want you to do that. We're going to pray here in a second, but we're going to do this first. Just take, pull the roots. Pull the roots out. How do we live the, the pulling the roots out? Let the word go in deep. And let it cut us deep. And let it cut us coming out. Lord, I pray for everyone here. I want you to pray for yourself. Put your hand on your heart. God, we just ask that the cycles in our lives will be broken in Jesus' name. We ask that the things that have propped these things up or have given access to the enemy will be removed, that the enemy's foothold will be pulled out from under him like a rug underneath someone's feet. I ask right now, Lord, that you would break the cycles that are in our church, that are in our personal lives, that are in our marriages, that are in our children, God. I ask that you would help us to break every cycle so that we can go on the adventure you've called us to, so that we can be mature and responsible and steady adults, that we can take the big land you've given us that's full of big giants 
giants and monsters that we can fully take all the capacity of the kingdom you've given us, Lord. I ask that you would break the cycle so that we become dangerous, Lord. Help us to become dangerous and not predictable. Not in a way that's flighty. Not in a way that's not responsible. But in a way that scares the enemy. But in a way where the enemy looks at us and says, I don't know what they're up to just like I don't know what the Holy Spirit's up to. Lord, I ask that you would give us the mind of Christ. That the Holy Spirit would come live inside of us. That we would take your word and hide it in our hearts. That it will become a lamp to our feet, a light to our past. That it will flourish inside of us and produce in us the promise that you've given us from the future. That every one of us will arrive at the future date looking like you wanted us to look. That every one of us will be towing behind us the inheritance with us as we get to you in that future date. That we will have everything that you dreamed we would have. That the enemy would not steal one single thing from us that you paid for at the cross. Lord, that not one giant would stay in our land. That not one broken relationship would last another year, another season. That not one more issue would come up in our marriage, but that we'll take care of it and we'll be healthy and whole. Lord, I speak that over us as a church. Make us healthy and whole. I ask for a spirit of freedom to come. And Lord, the definition you've given me of freedom is the place where the enemy has zero hold. (laughs) And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Why don't you just love on him? Just talk to him. Jesus. Freedom reigns. Jesus. Oh, yeah, Lord, we just release the spirit of freedom in this house. Oh, yeah. We embrace your word. We embrace your presence. We will have everything you said we could have. Jesus. Lord, I ask that cycles be completely broken. Why don't you just pray for your neighbor now? Just put your hand on him and bless him. Yep. presence to come in the room even now bring freedom real freedom Jesus 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 
When I was talking to the Lord about taking, breaking free from the cycle, I told him, I think I am scared, God, because in this cycle I know how to navigate. And even though the enemy has convinced me that I'm in control in those times, it's scary to be in, in freedom and not know where, where to step or how to go forward. So I just wanted to say... Um, that one of my cycles would probably be a lack of trust for God, with God in everything. You know, there's certain things that I'm more than willing to let him have. But um, if that's one of yours, just let go because this is a lie. You're not navigating anything when you're in that cycle. You're not in control. It's a false sense of control. And so I just, I'm ready for God to be the one to tell me when to walk and not for me to decide that. So... I don't know if that's for anybody else, but I thought I would share. That's good. Thank you. When people are afraid, they want to control things. They go hand in hand. If, if that was for anyone else here, I want you to raise your hand. We want to pray for you. Fear of, of being out of control. Not in a bad way. I mean, we don't want you to be reckless. There's a difference. <laughs> All right. Raise your hand again if that was you. Would you step to an aisle so, so, so someone can come? If you're not a free and a, a wild person, don't go pray for them. So if you're there by yourself, that's fine. But we want free people and people that are reckless in the spirit in a good way to go for you. Jesus. We break partnership with fear in Jesus' name. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. A spirit of power. A spirit of power love and of sound mind and self-discipline there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out all fear in jesus name god i ask that perfect love would drive out the fear in jesus name fear has been driving out the love now we ask for it to reverse and for love to drive out the fear in jesus name jesus name trust Lord, the root issues that have caused the mistrust, maybe it's childhood or things that have been experienced, I ask that you would heal those places, that they wouldn't be broken places and, and, and places for the enemy to operate as a wound, but that they will be places of strength. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, yeah. Hey, trust is a big deal. Trust is a big, big, big deal. And Lord, those that didn't step out that that was for, I ask that you would help them, Lord, to trust you. To just trust you. And to trust one another. Jesus. Anyone here feel like it's not over, that you still feel like there's something going on? And you want it just taken care of. 
I want you to listen to me. It's just like in Exodus 23 when he says, I'm giving you the land. It's yours. It's free. But you're going to have to steward it and maintain it. Well, today the Lord has given you freedom. Like right in this moment, you're not in a cycle where it's false freedom. The freedom is there for you. It's ready. But you will have to do things to maintain it and to steward it. Did you hear me? That means you cannot feed the thing that was, was there before. It means you will have to make a decision. If it was not trusting people, then you will have to make a decision in your heart to trust people. You will have to fight the urge to run and not trust. And what, you, and what you'll have to do is you'll have to give people the benefit of the doubt. And you, you need to know this. Jesus said that you will, you will, you will suffer. Not everybody's going to like you. There will be people that want to slap you on the cheek. But he didn't say, if, if you feel those things, then don't trust people. He said, just turn the other cheek. He didn't say, protect yourself. He didn't say, defend yourself. He didn't say, insulate yourself so that no one could ever hurt you because you're just so hard and tough. He just said, turn the other cheek to him. Dead people have no rights. Hello? Lord, I pray for those of us, and this is me included, that can be easily offended. And, and certain issues. There are just those things that are buttons that people can push. I ask that you would help us to just turn the other cheek and not fear man above you. And not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Hmm. Amen. Come on up, Kyle. Kyle's our closer today. We're gonna we're breaking in some new closers and mixing it up a little bit. So Kyle's Neftali Feliz. Matt's the Mariano Rivera. He's been doing it for a while. Kyle's Neftali. God gave me a couple things. Uh, I think a big to-do with this, you know, listening to his voice is distraction. And uh, Amber talked about it, you know, at the beginning of the year when she spoke, just overcoming this busyness. And that's been huge to me because the more things that were that are going on, the harder it is to focus on one thing, right? So, like, I've been really dealing with, even Matt and I talked about it Friday night, I think it was, how he had a moment where uh, God instructed him to do something. Um, he wanted you to worship. That was it, right? And he was running late for work, and he said, you know, I'm going to skip eating a bowl of cereal, and I'm going to worship. So he took out one of his distractions, which he would usually wake up in the morning, eat his bowl of cereal, do his worship thing, then go to work. But he was running late, so instead of cutting out the worship, he cut out the thing that wasn't important, right? So he said he sat down and he turned on a song, and he said he had one of the most powerful moments he's had with God in so long. And it shook him. And the reason that was is because he took out the thing that didn't matter. So 
you know, ah, I've been dealing with that so much lately. What matters, you know? Because my thing is I hate having to work a job that I see the people I work with more than I see my wife, you know? I hate leaving at 7 o'clock in the morning, getting home at, you know, 5.30, and I just spend that time until I go to sleep with my wife, but I spend all this time working on a job that means nothing to me. You know, I don't care about life insurance, you know, like, what do do I care about this? You know, (laughs) I mean, like, come on. So, so what God's dealing with me is if you want to spend more time with your wife, then get rid of the crap you do after work. Right. (laughs) So why am I feeling the little time I have after work with things that keep me from my wife and fill it with things that keep me from God? And my devotion with him. So, you know, we talk about, you know, God doesn't want us to prioritize our life and things. And he wants just him to be number one, right? So that's what I pray for all of us, okay? Um, That we would find the things that mean something, you know, that are eternal. And that's what Matt said. He said, we need to focus on things that are eternal, because it's so hard to focus on eternity because it doesn't even make sense. Like, I don't even know what that means. You know, it's, it's never ending. I can't comprehend that. So we need to shift our focus to eternity instead of the temporal things that fade away. Okay? So I want to pray for one last thing. If we'd all stand, I want to pray for this. <laughs> and then I'll let you go, I promise. Okay. <laughs> I don't pray long, so. Um. Just, you know, pray for what's in your life. Because I know we all have distractions. Because that's the, that, like you said, that's the thing the enemy uses the most is distraction. So pray that, you know, the, uh, we put the blinders on. That's what I pray. You know, like they put on horses where they can't see to the left and to the right because they get distracted and then they, you get off course, right? So I, I think that we're walking the straight and the narrow. If we're... Looking off left, we're going to weave off that road, right? So, God, right now I just pray uh, for our daily lives. So many things come up, and uh, I'm tired of things coming up, and I'm tired of things that I put there to distract me. Um, Take away the, the silly things in life that I think are important, that I think bring me pleasure, but they're really taken away from the ultimate pleasure, which is being with you. And, um... Help us set our focus on you and not be distracted by these other things. But God, put the, put the spiritual blinders on us that we would just see you and we'd focus on you. And we'd follow where you lead because you're leading us. So if we're focused on anything else, we're not following your direction. <laughs> so right now I speak that you would direct us and that you would, you, know, you would be our God. Like you said, your spirit would be our God. So we thank you for everything that you are. And everyone said... Amen. All right, have a blessed week and be good.